Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world. All alone. Guys, take your soul. You're on your own. The crow flies straight. Welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, August 10th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino. Or follow us on Twitter, at Way in Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, for the intro, and welcome to Way in Sports Talk. College football is, is so close right now. If you can't smell it, then you're not a college football fan. I'm sorry. We have a couple more weeks left until the launch of college football, and it will all begin on the SEC Network August 28th when South Carolina hosts Texas A&M. The the SEC Network is actually launching August 14th, which is Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern. So I hope everyone's ready because from that point on, it's college football time. Uh, A lot of previews going on on this show, we're going to talk a ton, a ton, a ton of college football. So if you think college football is heavy on this show before, it's going to be a lot heavier. And I have no idea if I will have a co-host tonight. You know what, tonight I really don't care because it's all about college football. I haven't heard from my co-host in a week. So if he doesn't show tonight, we'll have tryouts and auditions for the co-host, or maybe I'll just go solo. Who knows? But anyway, we'll have some fun on this show. Tonight we are going to unveil our top ten in college football, and these are just projections. We're not experts, so we're going to give you our projections. And I don't care about what their schedule looks like. I don't care of who they play where. To me, I'm going to give you the top ten college football teams this season coming in. And the way you find that out, the way I research it, I look at what they did last year. It does play a part, but it's a small part. And I also look at who's coming back and how successful they were last year. So if you had a very successful team last year and the majority of your team is coming back, then I'm going to put you up there. You know, basing your projections off schedule strength is not very good because you really don't know how good the teams are going to be on that schedule. And it just drives me crazy when I when I hear every time somebody's ranked here because of their strength of schedule. Well, we have no idea who's going to be good in 2014. I'm sorry. It's just one of those things you cannot just sit here and, and penalize a team because you think their schedule's too strong. Well, I'm sorry. We, we have no idea how strong the SEC's going to be. We have no idea how strong the Big 12's going to be. All we can do is watch, and once we start watching the games, in about four weeks you should be able to determine if your team has a shot or not. And it's usually very early you know. 
sometimes, like last year, Auburn got better as the year went on, and nobody ever expected them to make it. But, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle, and, and it was the perfect storm. Nobody expected Florida State in it last year. So all of these preseason polls are the same to me. When I see them, it's just like everyone copies everybody else's. And I'm sorry, I, I can't be like that and copy a poll from someone else when I feel like I know just as much or if not more than they do. And I'm sure Trey's the same way. Trey doesn't need to see Kurt Herbstreet's projected top ten in order to to come up with a top ten of his own. If he if he if he was like that he wouldn't be on this show probably. He wouldn't be interested in sports enough to do that. So Trey, when you're ready to come in, press number one. And on the agenda tonight, we will talk something that we usually don't talk about. We're going to start off with, but we're going to talk NFL tonight just a little bit. We're going to talk about the AFC East, and we're going to give our top ten projections in college football. And also NASCAR, believe it or not, NASCAR is on the agenda tonight. And I know what you're saying, you know, it's football season, but some big news um, Man, it was a very tragic moment that happened last night in NASCAR. And I don't know who all has seen the video, but Tony Stewart was involved. And, and I know when you hear the name Tony Stewart, you think of uh, a hot-tempered individual. You, you think about, you know, just somebody that can't control his emotions. And I'll be honest, when I first saw this, I thought, wow, he did that on purpose. You know, and and then I started thinking to myself, how could I prejudge someone to the point of accusing them of murder almost? So I started going back and thinking about it, looking through the the video, and I'm sorry, you you can't accuse Tony Stewart right now of murder. I mean, it it was sad what happened, no doubt about it. And for some reason, the name has slipped my mind, and I'm I'm trying to figure that one out. But a tragedy last night in NASCAR with Tony Stewart was the driver. And uh, I just cannot believe what happened. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find that name. It just slipped my mind right quick. Usually I have notes, but tonight I didn't write his name down. But bottom line is the driver, Ward. Kevin Ward Jr. was ran into the wall, really, forced into the wall. He didn't get wrecked. He got out of his car, and a caution, you know, the yellow flag was out of caution. He gets out of his car. It looked like he was walking towards Tony Stewart's car as Tony was coming back around the track. Uh, Looks like he was very, very upset. Tony Stewart ran over him, and the guy's dead now. It's it's a very, very tragic thing to happen in NASCAR last night. But after watching it, uh, the first thing I wanted to know is, why would this guy get out of the car? Why would Junior get out of the car and actually walk when cars are coming his way and you know some people a lot of people I've been seeing have been saying that Tony Stewart did this on purpose and I'm sorry the only thing if he did anything on purpose it was maybe getting close enough to intimidate him but I don't think Tony Stewart's the kind of guy that would intentionally kill someone run someone over to do him bodily harm and I know he's a hothead There's no doubt about it. But he was pulled from the race today. At first, it came out that he would be racing. And after further consideration, because you imagine Tony Stewart get out there today, that's all it would be about. And if something happened, it would be magnified even more. But let's let let the courts decide this. Let's let the judges decide what happened or was it intentional, was it malicious. 
And at the end of the day, I don't think you can prove intent in this. Unless Tony Stewart said something on his radio that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach this guy a lesson or something, which so far I haven't heard anything. But there's no way you can you can accuse someone of murder with the evidence we have. And, and the video footage, it looked like Tony Stewart sped up and hit him. But it also, you know, if you look behind, I'm sure there was a car it looked like that was maybe blocking Tony Stewart's view. And all of a sudden that car moved and here comes a guy in a black outfit. You never know what was going through Tony Stewart's mind at that time either. So I would really love to hear from Tony Stewart on this. And maybe the the lawyers have told him not to say a word just yet, and I understand that. But at the end of the day, we lost someone in NASCAR, a 20-year-old. It's just very sad. And, you know, if if you look at this and you listen to it, road rage is something that's very serious. And I'm in Atlanta. I see it every day. Hell, I feel it every day. And when you – when you get angry behind the wheel of a car, you can do some damage to someone else. You can do damage to yourself. Just, it just kind of a wake-up call to me. I look in the mirror, too, and, and I'm not perfect when it comes to driving. I'm not perfect when it comes to controlling my emotions sometimes as well. So, But it makes me, makes me kind of stop, pause, look in the mirror, reflect, and say, hey, when when something happens, do not get out of that car. Do not try to tailgate someone, do not try to, to slam on your brakes with someone behind you because at the end of the day, you could actually hurt someone or yourself and, and you didn't mean to actually do that. So hopefully if one thing good comes out of this whole thing, it's everybody take a minute and reflect on on how you are on the roads and everything or, or anything, not just on the road in life. I mean, when, when something happens, are you quick to jump? You know, just to lose your temper, to lose your cool. Nothing good can happen when you get angry for the most part. So I, I listened to that story. I watched it, and it, it just made me reflect on me and, and, and just say, hey, we can't be like that. We can't. I can't go out and, and play games with people if, if, if I'm angry because what happens if someone dies in the process? There's a lot of people in prison right now that lost their cool. I mean, prisons populated with people that made a wrong decision. That's why you see a lot of, of males in between, what, 18 and, and 28 in prison is because they have all this testosterone, they can't control it, and they're in prison for it because they can't behave in society. But it's a very, very tragic thing in the world to see what happened. It's just, God, I bet if he had it to do over again, Ward would have stayed in that car. And NASCAR now will probably come out and be a lot, you know, more strict on, on what you can do if, if you get, if you're in a wreck or something. I'm, I'm sure the first thing, stay in the car unless it's on fire or you feel like you're in danger. He was in no danger. If he had stayed in the car last night, everything would have been fine. But all of a sudden this tragedy happens and there's nothing Tony Stewart can do. There's nothing Ward Jr. can do to come back and take this moment back. And it's just, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I'm not a NASCAR fan. And it's just its just shocking to see something like this. And it just, it's a matter of time before it happens again and, unless someone does something about it. And if you'd like to call in the show tonight, the number is 646-716-5564. Senior Cuervo is in the chat room. Cuervo. Thanks for joining the show. Call in if you'd like to. Tonight's um, 
just a free-for-all show. We're going to talk a lot of college football and NFL, but I had to reflect and stop a minute and, and just come in and say something about this because I got lit up on Facebook today when I came out and said, you know, I don't think he did this intentionally. I don't think, you know, you can pin a murder on him for this. But there's a lot of people that that do not agree with me. So I'd love to hear what you think, the fans. I know we have some NASCAR fans around here. Chris Ricketts, one of our old co-hosts, um, I figure he may call in tonight and say something. He's a big Tony Stewart fan, and I would love to hear from a Tony Stewart fan. But it seems like the ones that were against Tony Stewart today were the ones that didn't like him as a race car driver. And I don't care, you know, I don't care who your rival is. You can't accuse him of murder if if it doesn't fit. I mean, I'm sorry. You, you can't stoop that low to go accusing someone of something if you don't know them. It, it is like Auburn-Alabama rivalry, and I kid Trey about Winston, you know, joke around with him about Jameis Winston, him being a Florida State fan. But there's no way that I would accuse him of doing something like that unless I knew for sure. Nobody knows for sure what, what's going on. We all have opinions, and that's wonderful. But at the end of the day, guys, let's just pray for the families involved, pray for Tony Stewart, and just hopefully this will be resolved soon. And on the line is Senor Cuervo. Cuervo, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Carvin. I'm, going, I'm doing good. How are you? How about yourself, man? How's it going? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling in. Welcome to the show. Give me your thoughts. Um, anything change on your thoughts with Tony Stewart and watching the video again and again? Have you changed your mind? Uh, no, you know what? I mean, if they have, it's in favor of um, not blaming Tony Stewart. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, I've, I've I've really put some thought, other thoughts into it. I've, I've read other comments, and some things that, that kind of make sense to me is when Tony Stewart is making the turn, it may look like he is going to the, you know, turning to the right to aim towards uh, the young man. However, you got to remember, too, I don't know if you've brought this up yet, we're talking about dirt roads that sometimes – when you're turning at that speed, sometimes you cannot control your vehicle. And, I mean, I'm not saying it was a freak accident. I'm not saying it was intentional. But, again, it all comes down to that that kid should have never gotten out of his vehicle. You settle whatever differences you have after the race, you know. And and that's what that's why heat of the moment um, – Things are, are always a bad thing. That's why, like, I don't know, I, I guess through my profession I've learned how to control it. But unfortunately for some people, they don't, they don't train that way. They don't teach themselves to be that way. And you see what happens when you let your emotions get the best of you. It's just such a shame that it costs a 20-year-old, you know, young kid his life. It, it really does suck. Well, Cuervo, I'm, you know, I said on this show I'm not perfect and I'm not proud, but there has been a time before where, you know, I was angry on the roads and, and I played with, with a driver like someone cut me off. I get in front of them and slam, I kind of tip my, you know, cap on your brakes and make them, you know, try to hit you in the back almost. Or you, I've, I've actually gotten out of my car one time and, and it, it happened so fast if you're not careful. 
how something can escalate. Luckily, nothing happened, of course, but, you know, it made me think today when I saw all this, I'm like, wow, I reflected on my life, too, you know, and, and make sure that there's nothing I, I mean, everything I do is under control. I have control of my destiny, my future, and everything. And Cuervo, I said, how many people are locked up in prison now for a bad decision? They lost their temper one time, and now they're behind bars. I mean, it happens every day. Right, and and I'd say about 95% of them are because, you know, of hot tempers. You know, uh, it could be road rage. It could be um, just doing things without thinking, you know, stuff like that. Stuff like that is, is what causes people to go to jail. Yeah, and the older I get, the more I realize that stuff like that doesn't matter. I mean, the the guy that cuts you off, like you said, today on, on that being said, it doesn't matter. In, in a minute from now, they're never going to impact your life again. So why let them impact the rest of your life over that 10 seconds? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it's funny, too, because my wife gets that way. She's, I'm not saying she has bad road rage, but she's one of those, she'll hold a crudge on somebody for cutting them off, and she'll talk about it for five minutes. And I've already moved on to something else. You know, I'm just kind of like, look, you know, apparently, you know, obviously, wherever that person's going, they, you know, it's more important than where I need to go. So, Hey, whatever. It is what it is. I mean, it's not necessarily that I'm being nice. It's just, man, you have to be called being cautious and being safe. And to me, I'm sorry, but there, there's no such thing as being too safe on the road. Like, safety is, is, is something that, you know, should never have a limit to it. You know, the, the, the safer you are, the better. So, and... and do I do I do I go five to ten over the speed limit? Oh yes, I do, I, and I'll be the first to admit it. However, am I one of those drivers that you see cutting in and out of lanes, just kind of going back and forth like the pace car at the beginning of a race? No, I don't do that. So, I mean, there's there's a difference, really. So, I mean, uh, with all that, I guess it's just you have to pick and choose your battles as far as you know, what you let bother you in your everyday life. If it has a solution, then it shouldn't, you know, it should be something that you should be able to uh, control. So, you know, because the off, no big deal. Yep, it doesn't matter. And band college football is getting close. And today, believe it or not, Cuervo, I actually got Paul Feinbaum's book, I was bored, you know, it was raining, boring day. His book is My Conference Can Beat Your Conference, Why the SEC Still Rules College Football. I picked it up, started reading about 100 pages of it, and it's it's not a terrible book, Cuervo. Have you had a chance to purchase this yet? No, no, I, don't, I, didn't, even, I didn't even know the book existed. I'll be honest with you. Well, it's it's actually... Funny. I mean, it it just talks about you know him when he was in Birmingham and going to ESPN. But it talks a lot. The majority of the book so far is about the SEC conference. What makes it better? And mm-hmm. it was just a good book. I, I I can't believe I bought it. I must have been bored or or just desperate or something. But it was actually you know after the week I had, it was a good kind of distraction and everything. But the SEC launches August 14th. Cuervo SEC Network. 
Thursday, August 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern. I mean, are you ready? Oh, I'm, I was born ready, Carvin. I mean, you know, SEC all day, that's, you know, it doesn't get better than that. So I'm definitely going to be – I'm going to do everything I can to get home, uh, you know, to see the opening, whatever they're going to do for the very first show or whatever the case may be. Um, if, I, and if I'm not home – then I will, I will, uh, I will definitely uh, DVR whatever they're going to show. Well, I can tell you what the SEC Network's going to do. It's going to kiss Alabama's butt, and that's probably what it's going to be doing until the next team shows up that that is dominant like this. And you know, the only thing better than the SEC right now is the Florida State Seminoles. And you know what I was thinking? Let's just bring Florida State into the SEC. If you can't beat them, oh, you know. Make them join your conference, right? Well, you know what? You know, it's funny about that, Tarvin, and you know, you probably remember, Florida State's had the chance to join the SEC, and they refused. They refused every single time. Uh, Bobby Bonney wanted, wanted no part of the SEC for whatever reason. And, and this was before uh, the BCS conference. So for those, for those out there that are – even and this is to our you know fellow SEC fans. It has nothing to do with the BCS because, again, this was in, in the Bowden days in the '90s when they had the chance to move over and they wanted no part of it. Well, I think and Trey's on the, the co-host of this fine program. Trey Patterson is on the line, and Trey, I believe the Florida Gators had something to do with Florida State not joining as well, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a Florida State choice. The SEC never invited Florida State. Uh, that, that's never happened. Uh, and, and it's largely because Florida has a veto, just like Clemson and South Carolina. I mean, there, there's a certain uh, certain policy, you know, politi- you know political uh, you know, people out there who don't want those things to come in. And that's always been the case since Florida and Clemson were in the SEC. Well, Trey, how, how good would the SEC be if they dropped Kentucky and Vanderbilt and they picked up Clemson and Florida State. Could you imagine how tough that conference would be if that happened? I don't know if they'd be the championship out of the SEC <laughs> if you brought in two teams like that. I mean, I think it would just might as well have one conference because it, it would pretty much rule the rule everything. Well, you, you would have to have a clause in there that said the winner or even the top two teams in this conference received – you know, the Final Four invite because it would be ridiculous. And I would love to see it. I mean, I'm I'm all about winning championships, but I'm also about the competition level. And it would be awesome to see Florida State, Miami, Clemson, some of those teams like that come over and join a conference because it, it does get boring sometimes. Vanderbilt's good occasionally, especially in basketball, Kentucky in basketball. But when you're talking football, you bring Clemson and Florida State into the SEC, it just – you know what? What I would do is I would I would put Auburn in the East and I put Florida State and Clemson in the West and move over Arkansas to the East or something. That way it'd be more balanced. You know. <laughs> yeah, you want to move Auburn into the weaker conference? I got it. Exactly, exactly. That's how how I'd like to do that. But uh, but Trey, I didn't get to hear your thoughts on the Tony Stewart. You just came on. You had some things going on. Any comments on that before we move on to college football? Well, I mean, I, I don't think there's like, I mean, there's no evidence to base anything on a murder charge. Uh, just speaking from from a charging standpoint. However, um, I'd really be interested if, if I'm an, I'm a DA, 
in uh, some of the communications that were going on on the radios and the headset. Um, you know, you're going to want to do, you know, re- recreate the scene. You're going to want to see uh, if there's any sort of, um, you know, sort of you know, a heat of the moment type of issue with Tony Stewart and what and what he did. Um, now that there is something to be said with um, the fact that you know he got out of, the guy got out of the car, um, walked in the middle of, the, of a middle of a race, and you know one guy up before Stewart actually swerved to miss him. Um, so I mean, there, there's some mitigating factors there, but I'd be very interested to see what or to listen to what was going on on the radio. That, that's where I would be if I'm a DA or, or, or an investigator. Well, Trey, how much does his past make people think that, that he's guilty? I mean, if this was Dale Earnhardt Jr that this happened with, would we be hearing as much about it like in a negative sense? Like Tony Stewart's a hothead. We know that. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is not. So is his past actually causing all these problems for Tony Stewart? Well, I think it has to come into play. I mean, I mean, you have a certain style um, that you play at the game or you race with, and that's sort of what gets known. Um, and, you know, Tony Stewart's one of those ultra-competitive guys, and so... Um, I have a I have a really tough time thinking he would ever strike somebody like that intentionally. I think it had to be completely unintentional. Um, I mean, but that's just my you know you just kind of think humanity shouldn't be that way. So uh, I'm gonna you know give it the better uh, better side of doubt I guess uh, until we hear something else. But uh, it definitely needs to be investigated pretty thoroughly. Well, Trey, I tried to get a comment out of Chris Ricketts today, and no comment so far from from Ricketts. I mean, big Tony Stewart lover. I mean, this guy probably has a Tony Stewart poster in his bathroom, but I can't get a hold of him. I I can't find out his opinion on this, but I'm interested to see it. I did say, you know, kind of what you said about any kind of uh, radio communication, or how about a dash cam? Do you think those cars have dash cams in them so we could see the view from Tony Stewart? Because I'm thinking that maybe the guy was hid, and then that car that was in front of Stewart moved over, and there he was dressed in black. So it's just hard to, to put any kind of blame on Tony Stewart until we get more facts. I, I don't have any dash cams or anything. I think there are probably more than one camera angle, though, whether it's cell phone footage or or whatever. I think there's more more versions out there. I mean, think about it. If in 1969, you know, there was more than one um, side of the Kennedy assassination, you know, I mean, at least one tape out there, there's going to be multiple out there at any race nowadays with cell phones the way that is. So there's, there's more versions that we haven't seen yet. Well, well, we're going to get off the NASCAR, but if you'd like to call in at any time during the show and like to chat about it, let us know, 646-716-5564. And, Trey, I'll start with you on this. The the ruling regarding the NCAA with the O'Banning ruling, give us your thoughts on this. And, and I know the NCAA is appealing it, but will they win? Well, I don't, I don't think they're going to win. I, I think this is one of those things that we've seen now, um, how things are going to go with these rulings. I, I think the... The antitrust suits against NCAA—they've been, I mean, they've done things that it makes you scratch your head on common sense and just dignity of of student athletes. So some of the rulings they have and the way they control these guys' lives and likenesses and names. Um, you know, we all hear the stories each year. You know, the guy who was making a couple hundred bucks rapping, and he couldn't use his own name because the NCAA prohibited him from making money. 
on a side deal as a rapper, you know, on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so little things like that. I mean, I think we're going to see a change. The NCA has such an indefensible position when it comes to antitrust and the way they basically just run these kids' lives and, and abuse their likenesses uh, for their own profit. Uh, I don't think that's the student-athlete model at all. Um, that's you know that's more of a collectively bargained model. So um, we're going to see a change, Tarvin. I don't think there's any way the NCA appeals and, and gets what they think out of this. Yeah, and I, I think if they lose this appeal, it's going to kind of open up Pandora's box a little bit more. But but Cuerpo, it just seems like you know the NCAA is just sitting back. They're not doing anything. They're not they're not actually monitoring these programs anymore. It just seems like they've been, they've gone silent for about a year and a half, and and now all this is coming up. I mean, do you think the NCAA is taking advantage of these kids by selling their merchandise, not letting them use their names, using them on video games, making them sign a contract when they come in? And Cuervo, that's the thing. They sign a contract when they come in to play that the NCAA can do whatever they want to with their name, their their image, or anything like that. Yeah, I, I mean, and and that's that's something I necessarily never uh, knew, like as far as the uh, specifics of it. But uh, I mean, I, I think it's so you know it is it is pretty uh, it's pretty criminal of them, you know that you know we can make money off of it, but you can't. I mean, that's that's so like hypocritical, I guess you could say, where you know they can use their name to make money, but they can't. You know, the person themselves can't now. What interests me is if they try to pull the whole well. Um, you know, you know what I'm surprised about, Tarzan. I know this may sound stupid, but if you think about it, you know, it could be kind of true to to an extent. What if somebody was come out and say, "Well, I I want to file an identity identity thief uh, claim." You know, just saying, "Well, he's using my name." To do this, this, and this, you know, and and I and I'm like, you know, getting nothing out of it. In other words, or you know, because that's what, I mean, identity theft is when people use someone else's name and they do things, they make money off of it, or whatever the case may be. They use their identity for for their personal gain. So I mean, I, I may be off the, I might be off, you know, off topic with that, or you know, just way off, period, but I mean, what if that was to happen? Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Have you, Trey? Well, I mean, I, I haven't. I don't, I don't know that, that would stand up, but just because, I mean, he's got to do sign away certain rights and, and, uh, and that eligibility, but it, it is going to change. I mean, I, I think the funniest thing about this whole thing is, is if you looked on Twitter, uh, once the ruling hit, I think everybody was, was basically saying, hey, we want our NCAA football back. And that's kind of like the big, the big silent killer in the room. That you know, a lot of fans will take up, will basically put up a lot from the NCAA, uh, but not but because of the way they were structured and the way they did their deals. You know, having to kill EA Sports video games seems to arouse a lot of folks. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how quickly we get the NCAA football back. Well, I remember when I was playing that NCAA football, EA Sports, I was addicted to it, and it was one of those things I had to have. So we'll see how all that goes. Any kind of change in the ruling, we will be the first to cover it here, hopefully, and 
Going last night, talking about some preseason football, I was interested to see what Johnny Manziel looked like on the road against the Cleveland Browns last night, Cuervo, or against the Detroit Lions last night. And honestly, Cuervo, I have to say that, that Manziel didn't look bad. He looked pretty good, actually. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't look too bad. You know, a lot of a lot of people are, of course, they're going to say, oh, he did terrible. I mean, you know, he's not going to look like Eric Rodgers in the in his first preseason game of of his NFL career. So I don't know what kind of expectations people had, but but I mean, whatever it was, if last night wasn't in, any type of positive indication, then your your expectations for him are just way too high because. I doubt this guy even starts week one for the Cleveland Browns. So, well, he, he's know. been named a starter so far, Cuervo. They named a day that Menzel is the number one quarterback after last night. So, unless he loses it in the next couple of weeks, he's going to be your starting quarterback week one. See, and that's what I don't get about the Cleveland Browns either, Tarvin. Okay, so now, now Manziel's the one on the depth chart, and, you know, Cleveland's going crazy now because, you know, he, he's the, the number one quarterback on the depth chart. At the same time, though, the coach is like, yeah, I haven't named the starter for the second preseason game yet, so we're going to see how practice goes. Whoa, wait a minute. Didn't you just say you had Manziel as your number one quarterback on your depth chart? So wouldn't that mean he's going to start the game? But yet now he's not starting the game. You haven't named a starter yet. And that's why the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns starting because and they can't make up the darn mind. I mean, they, 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 they have a number one quarterback, but they don't want him – they haven't decided to start him in the second preseason game. just makes no sense. Yeah, Trey, I don't know. Johnny Manziel looked pretty good last night compared to what I thought he would look, actually. Is it too early to say that he's number one after one preseason game against a lot of – non-starters for the Detroit Lions. I mean, what did he do last night to make you think he was going to be the starting quarterback? Or is that he deserves to be the starting quarterback? Well, I mean, I, I, I think to put it in perspective, I saw um, a couple of insiders in the NFL rate the, the top three quarterback picks by performance in week one, and, and it was just the same as it was in the draft. Blake Bortles was, was the better performance than Menzel, then Teddy Bridgewater, and it's funny because you, know, you didn't hear about Bortles at all. Uh, you didn't hear much about Bridgewater either. Um, so all we hear is Johnny Mania, and I think it's bad for Johnny because, I mean, here's the thing, Carvin. I mean, this guy needs development time, and, and if we, if the Cleveland Browns rush him, uh, we're never going to see him in the NFL. He's going to be a disaster. Uh, but if they give him time, I mean, I think he might develop into a good quarterback. I really do. Um, but I don't, I don't know that he's going to get that time. And so I think this whole back and forth is, is bad for him. I think it's bad for the Browns. I think they're going to botch this situation. Uh, and it's going to sort of blow up, and Manziel's going to play without being ready. Yeah, and I think Cuervo's right when he was, what's Cleveland doing? Now the fans are going crazy. They're going to expect this. It's, it's, it's like a joke almost. Come on, Cleveland. There's a reason why you suck and you've always sucked really is because you you do stuff like this you create this circus out there but there's one player that that I've talked bad about in the NFL ever since he he arrived and that's Mark Ingram that came from Alabama never been a fan of him never liked him watched him coming to the NFL he's hurt a lot not doing anything but 
But Trey, I, I watched him the other night, Mark Ingram. This guy looks like he's, he finally gets it. I know it's one preseason game, and I'm not trying to make him player of the year or nothing, but could the Saints hit the jackpot with Mark Ingram this season? Because if he's doing what he looked like week one in the preseason, the Saints could have some kind of special offense to go with Drew Brees this season. I'm, I'm pretty high on him. And Cuervo, I'll throw that to you since I don't know if Trey's on or not. Uh, okay, I appreciate that, Tarvin. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched a little bit of the, the Saints and the Rams preseason game, and, and you're right. I mean, I don't know if, it, it, to me, maybe I'm just kind of exaggerating on the whole topic a little bit, but did it look like Ingram maybe cut a little bit of weight? He looks like he's a little bit faster. Um, you know, he, they definitely, I think they're using him to his strengths as well. At least they did in the first preseason game. Um, you know, he, Ingram is good in, uh, you know, things like, uh, you know, toss plays. I wouldn't necessarily say he's a bruiser. I mean, he's a big guy, but um, what he was known at in Alabama, you know, he, they always did toss plays and things like that, and it was very successful for him. So uh, it looked like that's how uh, they were using Ingram in, in that first game. So, But it does look like he slimmed up a little bit. I'm not, you know, he didn't lose no 40 pounds or anything like that, but um, you know, maybe 10 to 15. I don't know if you notice the same thing. Maybe I'm just seeing things. But, yeah. um, you know, he does look a little bit different. And when I looked, I was like, wait, is that Mark Ingram? And he looks a little <laughs> bit smaller. So. Yeah, and I've, I've never been high on him, but this could be the season. If you're a fantasy owner out there, you're looking for that number two, three running back, Mark Ingram could be a steal later in the draft because I think a lot of people – They've given up on Mark Ingram, and I think now the time you could swoop in, get you a good backup running back, and that goes the same for Trent Richardson. I mean, he's a beast coming out of Alabama, and I don't know what's happened with him, the injuries. I don't know. Maybe it's the playbook, but when he gets it, if he's ever 100% healthy and the light comes on, Trent Richardson is going to be a beast for Indianapolis, and that offense with Andrew Love is going to be something special. Trey, do we have you back? Yeah, yeah, I'm back I'm gonna not so fast you on Mark Ingram. I mean, if you look at his preseason numbers, he's always he's always decent in the preseason, uh, and that's what everybody gets hyped up about him again. I think he's gonna live up to expectations. But um, no, I, I don't. I, I don't imagine we're gonna see anything different than we saw last year out of Mark Ingram. I think if you're looking for a special player off in New Orleans, the one to watch is Brandon Cooks, the rookie wide receiver, and the way they used him in the offense. He's gonna yeah. be something special really quick. Yeah, that's a good point. Brandon Cook's a, a good player, but Trey, you know, if I'm saying something good about Mark Ingram, I either have a hundred and ten fever or I actually bought into it or I actually saw something that made me look. And Cuervo, me and you are on the same page with Ingram. We'll see if Trey, you know, has our number on this one, but I'm gonna not so fast him on his not so fast to me and say that, hey, you know. We'll see how it looks. But Mark Ingram could be a player just to keep your eye on out there. Nothing to go crazy about right now. But in college football news, Nebraska has lost three defensive players for the season. And, and this is why you, you make your predictions too early sometimes. It can, it can hurt you. A lot of people are getting higher and higher on Nebraska. They just lost a ton of depth on their defense. We're going to keep an eye on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. But tonight – you know, we're not going to go long tonight, but I, I do want to go over our top ten. And since Cuervo's on the line with us and Trey, we can start 
at number 10, and we're going to work our way up. And, and I don't care about the schedule strength. I don't care about all this other stuff. I want to hear your, your preseason top 10 from each of you. And, Trey, I'll start with you at number 10. Are you ready to do this, or do you need a little more time? I'll be honest, I am not ready. In fact, I'm not even near a computer right now. I don't have this off the top of my head. So um, I'm going to ask you to just comment tonight, buddy. I'm going to I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to get some time. Well, I can I can hold off on the, on the top ten until you're ready, no problem. But I, I want to talk about how people rank and, and, and why they do what they do, Cuervo. It, it just looks to me like, Everyone takes a couple of experts' opinions, and they and they just flip flop, and they they're close to exactly what the experts think. And one argument that, as an Auburn fan, you know, you look at the preseason rankings, how they they put Auburn down at four or five, wherever you go, and and they say it's because of their tough schedule. Well, Cuervo, my question to you is, how do you know how tough Auburn's schedule is going to be right now in the preseason? Well. <laughs> You know, you know, I mean, I, I, I think I know where you're going with this, Tarvin. You don't. You don't know how tough it's going to be. And that's why you've mentioned it on your show. Uh, I've talked about it. Preseason polls are kind of pointless. They really are because we always see a team that is number 16, 17, 18 that always finds their way to the top five by week uh, 8, 9, 10. So, like I said, I mean, it, it's, it's very pointless to have these type of, uh, uh, you know, preseason polls and things like that. But, you know, I, I and I think in the, in the mistake that these uh, voters make too is I think they look at the name too much and they go based on last year too much. Um, you know, a preseason poll I thought was based on, you know, what teams are going to have going into the next year, maybe who they uh, – who's going to be starting, who they recruited, and things like that. However, that's not what I see when I look at these preseason polls. So it, it kind of makes you wonder, what do they really look at? Is it just names? Is it based on how they finished last year and they're kind of just making guesses and and predictions off of that? If they are, then, I mean, I think these are wrong because – I'm going to tell you right now, and I, and I know you, you feel the same way, there's no way Oklahoma is the number three team in the nation. No, they're, they're definitely not. And I, I want to flip it just a little bit and go off what you said. I, and, Trey, you're here. Florida State, they're number one preseason in everybody's poll, including mine, because, you know, I look at who they return, what, what kind of team they had last year. Last year does matter if the team you're bringing back is very successful and you're bringing the same team back. I look at schedule and now I can't judge everything. Florida State appears they have a, a good out-of-conference schedule. Depending on how good the ACC is this year, we'll know how tough it is. But trade Florida State's number one. But when you put Alabama at number two right now, and, and if you look at the, the preseason top five or six from everybody, Florida State brings back a, a great quarterback. Oregon brings back a great quarterback. Auburn brings back a great quarterback. Ohio State brings back one. UCLA, Baylor, Oklahoma, Michigan State. And, I mean, you see all those, but you see an Alabama team, Trey, at number two that lost its quarterback, which I think people are undervaluing what A.J. McCarron was. They lost mostly out of the linebacker position, a senior. They lost Ha Ha Clinton Dix and some other ones, Sunseri, 
the trade. I mean, is the name Alabama getting them that number two ranking? Because I'm just not sold that they're the number two team in the country. Yeah, I, I'm not. You know, I, I take the contrarian view on that, and I, and I base my ranking of Alabama uh, one on the fact that I think Jacob Coker is going to be just fine. It's not better than Adrian McCarron because I saw him play at Florida State. But two, uh, other than offensive line, is there a position of need in Alabama? I mean, their secondary, I think you can make an argument there, but, I mean, they're pretty good at linebackers still, defensive line, uh, running back, they're outstanding, receiver, outstanding. I mean, so uh, they have the pieces to make up for losing McCarron at quarterback, and that's what I base my ranking on Alabama, that and the fact they play, you know, what looks like a pretty easy schedule. Well, I'm going to tell you about Coker. Saban came in and he realized what he had on his team was not going to be good enough to win a championship. So he he went out and found someone available that would come. You look at Jacob Coker, guys. He was a three-star coming out of high school, and he only had offers from South Alabama, and Florida State picked him up late. Auburn, Alabama, nobody, no other major school offered this guy. And he, I looked at him against last year. He threw for 250 yards. He had 50% of his passes completed, Cuervo. No touchdowns and a pick. And I heard Trey say, watching him last year, well, I watched him last year, and I really didn't see anything that made me think he was a good quarterback. So, Cuervo, what are people talking about this kid like he's the, the next coming? I heard one analyst say he had the best arm of any quarterback he's seen in 25 years. Now, I mean, what am I missing? Nothing. That's a joke. I mean, I don't even know. Who, I've never even, not, and not that my work means everything, but normally when when you're a big time high school prospect, people, even I've heard of you, and I don't watch, you know, National Signing Day like some people do. I don't I, because either a I just don't have enough interest, or b I don't have the time to do it. So, um, you know, the fact that I've never heard of this guy really makes me wonder where where. Where all the hype is, like you said, I think I think people are. Cuervo, Cuervo, you're you're cutting out. You're cutting out real bad. I'm gonna mute you real quick. Can you check your phone? Because I'm. They're not. If I can't hear you, the listeners are. So I'll bring you back right on in just a second. But the the way I'm looking at it, the common denominator with all these top teams that are preseason is a quarterback, for the main part. And and Alabama trades right. They have good running backs, receivers, the linebackers. I don't think are going to be as good as what they have been in years past. And the secondary is still a concern. The defensive line's better than it has been. And then we have that question of special teams. The schedule, looking at it, appears not to be that difficult. But, again, we don't know about that. But if you you, you bring back Auburn, Trey, they, they bring back the majority of their team. They lost a couple of pieces, but they bring back the quarterback. They have a stable of running backs, the same offensive line that's same defense, better recruits, more depth, people coming back from injury. Do you think the schedule's why Auburn's not getting the respect in the top five, or, or do you think it's something else? Hey, sorry, I couldn't get off mute there. I couldn't get off okay. mute there, sorry. I think the schedule's a big part of it. But I think there are questions on Auburn's team as well. Uh, the fact you know, this is a team that went 3-9 and nine to the very top, um, they have the you know the, some of the positions to, to stay that way. I looked at the offensive line, and, I, and that, that concerns me. Uh, but I think the schedule is a large part of it. I mean, I think if it wasn't for that, um, if they played Alabama's schedule, I think you can flip those those two predictions in the preseason. 
Yeah, that's a good point. We're going to take a call from the 224 area code. You're on way in sports. Who's this? Hey, Tarvin, it's Cuervo. I'm using my house phone. Do I sound better now? No, you sound worse. I sound worse. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't hear you good. Let me let me put you back. Try to come back on, and uh, once you get a better connection, I just don't want to have you talk and we can't hear you. But we have another caller from the two six two area code. You're on way in sports. Who's this? Hey, this is Quinn, and I just wanted to talk about. Coker doesn't have that quarterback job secured. Sims still has a shot because I've actually been paying attention to that battle. To Just curious who would get that because I think quarterback issues that first week, I think West Virginia could give them a game. Nah, I don't think so. No? You don't think so? Mm. No. But West Virginia is terrible. And Alabama I would, play I would think they would win. cover the 28-point spread, though. Eh, I really don't think so. West Virginia is undersized. <clears throat> They're not very good. Alabama's athletes alone should be enough uh, to take care of them. Trey, am I missing something? Uh, if Coker or if they have quarterback issues, do you see any way West Virginia could come close to Alabama? Well, I mean – well, your quarterback issues and my quarterback issues and Alabama's quarterback issues are going to be three different things. I think if if they were to implode at the quarterback position, and I mean four interceptions, two fumbles, and the might be the worst game ever, then West Virginia has a shot. Uh, but I think they can hand the ball off most of the game and be just fine. Yeah, but Quinn, uh, Quinn, I will agree with you. I think that Sims has a shot, but I don't think Juco's come in I don't think Saban would have brought him into the program had he not looked at Sims. You saw that preseason game. You saw how bad Sims was. There's a difference between being good in practice and being good in kind of a game situation. Um, I think the only only shot they have to win Alabama to be a 10 or above win team is for Coker to be successful. If Coker's not successful, you're looking at a three or four loss team here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, thanks for the call, Glenn. Uh, we appreciate yeah. you coming on. We're going to bring Cuervo back. Cuervo, hopefully we can hear you this time. Yeah, how do I sound now, Tarvin? You sound a lot better. Okay. Uh, I guess I Congratulations. Well, I, I made the cut. I know. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. But this, I mean, the Coker kid, you know, and I, I just wanted to bring that out there, that I think this is a good example of how the media – can take a team and losing a quarterback. You take Winston, just say Florida State lost Winston this year, and they had uh, some unproven quarterback coming, Cuervo, I guarantee you they wouldn't be number one right now. Oh, no, I mean, I think they would still be top five, but they definitely would not be number one. But you think about that, you take that a step further, then with Winston gone, that makes Alabama the number one team, and they have an unproven quarterback. So, like I said, I think it all comes down to uh, the name. It's not about, you know, as far as, um, you know, what preseason polls are supposed to be about. Again, I think they're pointless. But 
I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about on campus the other night, uh, Tarvin, as far as what factors into these Heisman voters voting for who they think are, is a Heisman Trophy winner. I think they've gotten away from what it truly means. And just the same thing with the voters for preseason. What, you know, what, how they rank these, these teams in the preseason, I think they've gotten away from how it originally was or quote-unquote supposed to be. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, the hype is getting crazy out there. When we start breaking down our teams, our top ten, there's not going to be any hype involved in it. I'm going to give you what I have, and and, and that's what it's going to be. But as far as Oklahoma, what you said earlier, Oklahoma is a team that, you know, Bob Stoops has run his mouth for a long time. And, uh, Cuervo, I'm getting a lot of static from you in the background right there. But Bob Stoops is actually a coach that's run his mouth. He's never really done anything. He comes out of nowhere, beats Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Now, all of a sudden, with an inconsistent quarterback that looked like crap in the spring game, they have them, some people have them number one. I think the Sporting News had Oklahoma number one. And, Trey, you look at Oklahoma, that's a team Cuervo said, mentioned. They're the most overhyped team in the top ten. Out of all the teams in the top ten, Trey, Oklahoma's a team that, that's going to fall, I think. Yeah, I think both you and I look at Oklahoma a little skeptical. I'm, I'm not so sure on the quarterback position either. Um, he is one of those guys who had a great game uh, in the Sugar Bowl, and, and, and he deserved all the hype that he got afterwards. I mean, he, he tore up a great uh, defense, but it's that past performance did not you know, indicate future uh, success for him or Oklahoma. Uh, so I, I just I look at the schedule, you know, as we went down, and I still see games they could lose. And that's I, 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 not saying a whole lot, considering the Big Twelve isn't you know isn't isn't all that great. So yeah, I agree with you. I think Oklahoma is very highly ranked uh, and and are are scheduled to fall. Yeah, and you look at their quarterback. They they act like he's the second coming. And and looking at that spring game, Trey. And I know spring games aren't everything. But when I look at a quarterback in the spring coming off a kind of a game like he had, I'm very concerned about Oklahoma. I'm very concerned about the Big 12. The only team I feel decent about in the Big 12, Trey, is Baylor. They're a team that's in the top ten. I think if they can get some kind of defense this season to play, I mean, this could be a team in the Final Four at the end of the year. They were close last season of making something. But would you agree Baylor's probably the best team in the Big 12? Oh, yeah, I think they have the best player in their quarterback. And I think they, you're right. Defensively, if they can make something this year, uh, then they got something. But if not, I mean, then, you know, they can get run out by UCF again. Yeah, I'm just excited. If today, and I'm going to get my poll later, if today I had to do my top ten, looking at it on paper and everything, I'd have Florida State at number one. That's a no-brainer. Not even debatable. Number two, Auburn. Three, Oregon. Four, Bama. Five, Ohio State. Six, UCLA. Seven, Baylor. Eight, Oklahoma. Nine, Michigan State. And ten, South Carolina. And the reason I have it that way, Trey, is I'm not convinced of the teams outside the top ten to come into the top ten. At least with Oklahoma, I know that their schedule is pretty easy. And they, you know, they do have something returning. Bob Stoops is a good coach and everything. Michigan State in my top ten, the way they looked in the Rose Bowl last year with a quarterback coming back. South Carolina, I'm not real sold on them being a top ten team, honestly. I don't think they'll end the season in the top ten. 
Ohio State, though, Trey, you have to really look at them and take them serious of how they've recruited over the past several years, Urban Meyer being there. And looking at their schedule and the conference they play in, you really have to take Ohio State serious this season. Oh, yeah. I think it's a decent shot, even though I predicted them not to be in the Final Four, they end up there. Um, you know, just because of the schedule they play, I think, you know, the Big Ten is, is getting better. I think football in the top five are all starting to separate themselves from other conferences even more, more and more uh, each year, especially as this, you know, the NCAA has allowed basically the Big Five to start regulating themselves almost. Um, that that level of talent is getting greater and greater. And so with that, teams like Ohio State are starting to get better and better each year with recruiting. And we all know Urban Meyer is, is one of the top two or three uh, head coach recruiters. So, I mean, they got the talent there. Yeah, I'm interested to see Penn State. And we'll, we'll start digging into the football more. We're going to have to – in the show at 9.30 tonight, I have to get up very, very early in the morning. Last week was hectic at work. We couldn't even do a show Wednesday. So I'm hoping this week is better where we can have two shows, Wednesday and next Sunday, because football's coming, Trey, and, and it's time to get serious about our college football discussion. Next, We'll start Wednesday night, and we're going to preview the Alabama Crimson Tide, and who else would you like to preview next week? Huh. Let's say, uh, what? have we done LSU yet? Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think. I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think LSU. It's, it's LSU time, too. Okay, LSU and Alabama, two two big rivals there in the SEC West. We'll preview them. And anything in closing tonight before we go, Trey? No, man, just uh, – Thoughts and prayers are with the, the family of, uh, you know, the driver, Ward. Um, you know, just for tragedy, you know, just, just also, you know, just a lot of stuff going on in the world. Our military is sort of back involved in some other places. So, you know, keep their thoughts and prayers with them as well. Yeah. Cuervo, I know you're in the military as well. I mean, does, does this get you excited seeing all this action going on? Uh, well, I mean, I guess excited as in, you know, it, it's there's a, there's going to be definitely something to do. You know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, downtime. What we thought was going to happen is probably not going to happen anymore. So um, I guess if you want to use the word excited, but uh, I'll be staying busy, that's for sure. Well, Cuervo, I'm 37 now and I'm in good shape. And uh, you think you, I could enlist for a few weeks to go over there and help you guys? Absolutely, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get you in the reserves, Tarvin. How's that sound? I want I want an action immediately. I don't need basic training and all that. Just give me a machine gun and let me go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got you, Tarvin. Don't worry. All right, Trey. Uh, Trey, are you gonna come with me? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come with you. We'll, we'll, okay, good. Way in sports, we'll have our logo flying with us when we when we go over there to Iraq. And see, but yeah, in all seriousness, this is a, a time where everybody's on edge in our country. So I thought I would try to make people feel better. But it's a time. Watch the news and, and keep it, our country in your prayers and keep Israel there as well. It's, it's a lot going on, and and you guys that that fight for our country, you're heroes. All these people who play sports and stuff. They're they're good and everything. They're not heroes. They don't put their life on the line like you guys do. And I, I appreciate you, Cuervo and Trey, for what you've done for the country. 
Well, I appreciate that, Tarvin. Hey, buddy. You, you know anything for you, man? Yeah. Bye <laughs> for my free. Oh, I don't have to go do it because if I go, I'll, I'll end the war. <laughs> One way or the other, buddy. That's right. Well, thanks, Cuervo, for joining us tonight. And, Trey, we'll be back Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you join us. And college football is near. And just for you, Trey and Cuervo, we have some boys of fall as we leave. So take care. Have a great week. fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall They didn't let just anybody Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.